0: Hey, welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. This is Justin, along with my cousins Derek and Tyler. But that's not all tonight. We welcome back a very special guest, John Sweetland of HuskerHype.com. Welcome, John. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back. Super
1: excited to be here this week.
0: Awesome. John,
1: you got some big news to tell? Justin, I think think you've got some big news, Justin. Aw, you're so
0: sweet. Let me announce it. Hey, guys. Uh... The Husker CuzCast is partnering with HuskerHype.com and John Sweetland. So thank you, John, for giving us the opportunity.
1: It's going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait to do it. We're super excited excited to have you guys uh, as a part of HuskerHype on the HuskerHype.com website. You can find us again, HuskerHype.com. Lots of recruiting news, football news, really everything you could want that's Husker related. by fans for fans. Exactly. Can't wait. So uh, let's get on to the show here.
0: Uh, This weekend, Nebraska beats Illinois 28-6. We move to 2-0 in Big Ten play and 3-2 on the season. So we actually have good on good this week as Nebraska seemed to have played its first complete game of the year. Uh, Let's first talk about offense. John, what did you see out of that offense?
1: Well, the Huskers really need to get Tanner Lee going, and that's exactly what they did this week. He was 17 for 24, which is a 70% completion rating. 246 yards through the air, three touchdowns and no interceptions. Shout out to my boy Tyler Hoppes for uh, knocking down what could have been a surefire interception uh, during the middle of the game there as well. Uh, they got it done on the ground too. 165 rushing yards. Devine Ozigbo with 106 of those. Mikhail Wilbon with 60. Uh, Zigbo, as we all know, had the great touchdown rolling to the right uh, where Michael Decker and Matt, not Matt Farniak, and a uh, and true freshman Brendan Hymas got out there, pulled around the edge, and cleared the way for him. So, great day from those guys. Uh, looking forward to seeing what they can do next week with uh, Wisconsin. Exactly. Hey, Derek, what are your thoughts on this offense?
2: I was a little disappointed in the second half, honestly. It, it was a very conservative play calling, and I thought I thought that with the confidence that we built in that first half, we could have continued to build in the second half. And maybe just maybe, and this is just me, we could have maybe thrown uh, Patrick O'Brien in for some scrub time and maybe getting him a little game time experience in case we do happen to need him. We only yeah. threw the ball yeah, I think nine so times in the second half, and you know we only threw like twenty four percent of uh, passing in the second half, where it's fifty two percent pass percent or uh, ratio in the first half. I'm not saying it's necessarily a bad thing. We were running the ball well. Which is always nice to see, but it just would have been nice to stay aggressive. I think.
0: Pessimist at heart, Derek. Tyler, lift our yeah. lift our spirits.
3: Well, that's not hard to do. I mean, we we had our best offensive performance probably of the year, and Derek's like. Well, we didn't run up the score enough on them. Uh, I mean, I, I was in attendance. This is a game that was dominated, and it started at the line of scrimmage. Uh, the big hosses showed up, and they played good football. You know, and I think it was never more evident on that last drive. We got the ball back with about seven minutes left, six fifty-eight to be exact, and we took the ball the whole way of the field, running essentially the same play every down. Um, I was in attendance, and you just. The few Illinois fans that were left their backs were broken. They were like, are you kidding me? We can't stop them on a third and 16 draw play. Um, Zigbo ran hard. It was a great game. But this game, the offensive game ball at least goes to Tanner Lee. Um, We were critical of him last week. Uh, I included in that. Um, The guy balled out. I mean, he completed about 10 yards per, per pass attempt. And I don't know if he threw the ball 20 yards down the field. He was efficient. He got the ball, the playmakers in a position where they could run upfield and get those yak yards, and the wide receivers delivered. Uh, kudos to everyone, uh, especially Tanner Lee on this performance.
0: Hey John, should we make uh, any? Do we should we have any reservations about the number of drops that we have saw against Illinois? I mean, is that alarming?
1: No, I don't think so. I mean, if you if you pay attention to social media, I think one of the things you look for out of a guy like Stanley Morgan is leadership. He came out right away said that it's on him, it's 100% him uh, with the drops that he had. And there were some key drops, but you look at the plays he came back from, um, he had a couple of great plays. What he go for, 20 yards on the stiff arm?
3: Um, oh, so you yeah. can't really
1: be be too, too disgruntled. Stanley Morgan was 8 for 96 on the day. He had 11 targets. So you're talking 8 out of 11 total targets to him. He dropped two of them. Um, He's still got that that, uh, that stiffness in his neck too. I know one of those balls at least was thrown behind him just a little bit um, so I can see how it would be a little bit harder to turn your head, look that ball in before trying to get your head back around uh, to check where you're going with it. So, you know, it's definitely been something. I think a lot of that is youth and inexperience. This is a pro-style offense, gentlemen. It's not the RPO offense we ran before. Receivers are getting more and more looks, and I think it's just it really takes them each some time to kind of settle into that.
0: Uh, moving on to the defense, uh, the defense again, played lights out, uh, Derek, tell us about this, uh, defense.
2: What a game, you know, five sacks, the Davis twins both had a sack, which just thrilled me. Cause you know, I am with the twins and, uh, Weber had a sack. Still, had a sack that Ben stilly. Needs to be a big part of this defense, I think. That kid was a monster in this game. He had three tackles for loss, a sack, a forced fumble. I mean, man, that kid was exciting. I, I hope maybe it was just a one-game deal, but, man, he just really, really looked good in that game.
1: John? I think what I think what's important to note is he. This is his first season playing. He redshirted, so this is his first season in the offense. He's an in-betweener, too, so he's between that defensive end. I said offense, but defense. He's between the defensive end and outside linebacker position. You saw him make the huge play uh, two weeks ago on special teams, came up, got the kick returner down, and it was a big hit. So he's just starting to get comfortable in the defense uh, that Bob Diaco's running. Bob Diaco said three weeks ago, um, they started to need to get him on the field more because he's doing all the right things. Most importantly, they look for efficiency in their, in their outside linebackers. Are you where you're supposed to be? Are you doing what you're supposed to do? And I think he's done a good job of filling that role. I think Alex Davis has dropped off a, a little bit. Uh, and Cedric King is, is up to his game a little bit as well. But it's good to see uh, Ben Steely come through and add some depth, depth to that uh, defense. Tyler, what are your thoughts on that defense?
3: Well, you know, Derek, I'm actually shocked that you didn't mention that Eric Lee had two really bad pass interferences and and go Mr. Negative on the defense. Uh, You know, I mean, this was a great performance. You know, one of the things I love about Diaco's defense is that they seem to play better as the game goes on. They gave up 83 yards in the first quarter and they gave up less than 120 for the rest of the game. The defense played and they played better. They played well in uh, crunch uh, situations. Twice, Illinois got the ball inside the 10-yard line, and we held them to field goals. Uh, as Big Ten play goes on, holding teams to field goals is going to be a huge thing. Uh, we knew he had a bend-don't-break defense. That's what we heard about him. It showed uh, Saturday, or Friday night. Uh, and, and as you look at this team, what they have done since the awful start, I mean, going from 122nd in total defense now to 34th in the country, that, I mean, that is a huge improvement. Um, I mean, right now this defense is showing how good they can really be. Now we have Wisconsin. That's going to be a whole different test coming this week. But
0: Tyler, I want to ask you something here. Is there in, any chance that this whole defense has this been a m- mirage? I mean, we've played Northern Illinois, Ruggers in Illinois, Northern Illinois. Currently they're 89th in total offense. Ruggers is 117 in total offense and Illinois one twenty sixth in total offense. Is this defense just a mirage?
3: Well, we'll find out Saturday. Uh, I, I, you know, you, you play the team against you. And, and we held Illinois and Rutgers to under 200 yards total offense. That's the first time we've done that since 2001. Uh, I mean, that's impressive. When you play that dominant of defense, that is impressive. Uh, I, I get it. We might be exposed. I mean, there is a little bit of fool's gold that I'm worried about here. But um, you play the team you play and you dominate them in that fashion. That's impressive.
0: John, do you have any thoughts on uh, are we over-glorifying this defense?
1: I don't think the defense is over-glorified by any means. Uh, I think they're doing exactly what they should be doing. They're slowly and steadily improving every single week. They started out, I think, really they ended last year um, right around 34th in the nation. So it's good to see them make the improvements they've made. also want to call out, I know we talked about them already, but freshman, true redshirt freshman, Ben Steely, is the uh, Big Ten freshman player of the week. So that was huge for the defense to get that boost from him. They had, they've had injuries all over the place and getting him up and going was certainly key. Excellent. Uh, Hey Derek, so
0: with this, Oh, I'm sorry, Derek, you got something for, about the defense.
1: Well, yeah, I, uh, I just want to
2: kind of add on to what Tyler had said about us jumping from 122nd to 34th, you know, from the, from the second half of that Oregon game, Nebraska has averaged 218 yards per game and only six and a half points. So, yeah, I mean, maybe it's against worse teams, but that's just as good as what Wisconsin's done and de- on defense, and they've played probably equally bad teams, if not worse teams, than what Nebraska's played.
0: True, uh, you know, one of the things that I thought about with this uh, Illinois game is headed into the game, we saw the predictions come out, and there's a you know the line was six. So Vegas didn't have a lot of faith. Uh, We saw predictions coming out for Illinois in this game, you know, and that just should not happen under Nebraska's watch. Uh, I'm really pleased with how Nebraska came out and they really dominated. Yeah. You know, Derek, you could be unhappy with that. We didn't blow them out 42 to six or whatever, but 28, six, it was really good. All things considered with our past performance. Uh, So with that being said, Does this win, Derek, does this restore faith uh, in this season? Can we bounce back with this win?
2: It definitely builds confidence. There's no doubt about that. and That's what we needed. We needed a win against Rutgers, whether it be ugly or just we just needed a win. And we needed to be better against Illinois. And that's what we did. So, yes, it builds a lot of confidence. Does it turn the season around? I wouldn't go that far yet. But we sure are going to go in with a lot of confidence playing Wisconsin, I think, knowing that we can play good defense and the offense
3: can be productive. Tyler. Derek, that was one of the more wise things you've said. Uh, You know, I I, I, I agree 100% on that. You know, we, we needed to stop the bleeding at the Rutgers. This Illinois game was set up to be a trap game. Um, I mean, we, we all talked about it. They had, they had two weeks to prepare. We had a short week. This would have been a game that if we would have went through and barely won, I mean, I think we would have sat here and said, you know what? There's a lot of circumstances, but the fact that we're trying to find holes in that game, I, I think it really shows that this team showed up and played again. Wisconsin might be a different situation.
0: Yeah. Uh- Tyler, it was uh, kind of interesting. We had a poll question earlier this year about uh, a trap game. Which game has the most potential to be a trap game? And uh, Illinois was second on that list. Uh, Hey, John, what are your thoughts about the future of the season after this game?
1: You know, it's it's make or break time. I think uh, things will get really interesting. The offensive line seems to have found some cohesiveness. Uh, I think a lot of that has to do with Michael Decker at the center position. Um, he's not much bigger than Cole Conrad, um, but he certainly appears to be a little bit more physical. He pulls really well on the offensive line as well. Um, I think it all hinges on the performance of the offensive line, um, giving Tanner Lee and everyone else the time they need to execute the offense. Um, that, to me, is the key going forward for the rest of the season. You've got some some really big tests coming up here. Um, but if, if you look across the Big Ten with Iowa taking Penn State to the wire from a point standpoint, um, not a yard standpoint, but from a point standpoint, I think that's going to be important if Nebraska can control that line of scrimmage on offense and give their guys the time they need. That's really what this offense hinges on for me the rest of the season. Excellent, John. Uh, big recruiting weekend
0: here as Wisconsin rolls into town. Uh, what can you tell us about official visits coming to Lincoln?
1: You know, this is the uh, this is the all in week, as they'd say in uh, in the gambling industry. So. Um, You've got a ton of big names coming through. Um, Just to rattle off a few guys, I'll give you a couple here. Joshua Moore, who's a wide receiver out of Texas. He's tall. He's fast. Um, He he really does it all in their offense down in Yolkong. You've got Cameron Brown coming in as well. Um, out of the KC uh, the St. Louis area over there. He's a terrific wide receiver. Committed to Nebraska earlier in the year, decommitted after a, uh, a little while after a trip to Ohio State, uh, where he garnered an Ohio State offer, but then got back on board. Um, you've got Will Farniak, who is uh, Matt Farniak's brother. Um, technically, he's one of the best centers in the Midwest. Um, he's coming in. You'll see guys uh, like commits Tate uh, Wildeman uh, Cameron Juergens, Masary Mapial will be here as well. Uh, Brendan Radley-Hiles, everyone's favorite Cornhusker commit, uh, Buki will be here. He's bringing some of his friends from IMG down there in Florida. He's got uh, TJ Pledger and Brian Hightower both coming with him. Pledger's a, a fantastic recruit, especially for Mike Riley's offense. I had the chance to watch him down in Arizona this year. He really excels at the screen game, kind of getting outside the tackles and getting going. Um, He's really made for that pro-style offense compared to the RPO offense. And then you've got Brian Hightower, the wide receiver, uh, out of IMG as well. They're both committed elsewhere. TJ Pledger to Oklahoma, Brian Hightower to the University of Miami. Um, But they're both big-time players, and I'm not saying that because they're at IMG. Brian Hightower is right at the top of the uh, wish list for wide receivers. He's tall. He's quick. um, He's an awesome possession wide receiver. And then you've got some other guys coming in as well, five-star uh, defensive end, outside linebacker, jack of all trades, Micah Parsons is going to be yes. here as well. That's really, a, a, in my opinion, and, and I think most the recruiting analysts' opinion, a, a two-horse race at this point between Penn State and Nebraska. Uh, I know a lot of people will throw Ohio State in there. Um, I think they just have a, a, a plethora of highly rated guys that are similar to him, and uh, Micah Parsons is just going to fall elsewhere. He had a bit of a hubbub. <laughs> around the end of his visit to Ohio state a few weeks ago um, where he said they needed to change the quarterback. And I think a lot of Ohio state fans would have agreed with that, but that certainly rustled some jimmies um, out there. (laughs) And then you've got other guys. You've got chase Williams. He's the talented four-star cornerback commit. Um, He's coming in. He announced this week that uh, through an interview that he'd be taking an official visit to USC towards the end of the season as well. He's been there just like Nebraska. He's been there before, uh, but I think he wants to see the game day and the atmosphere for both those schools so that'll be terrific and exciting. Um, you've got guys like Tommy Bush coming in as well. He's another wide receiver out of Texas. Terrific kid, terrific frame. Um, he's going to be exciting to watch while he's here. Um, that'll, be, that'll be a fun one as well. Baylor's right at the top of his list after an official visit there. Uh, I think with all the turmoil surrounding Baylor, if Nebraska can put on a good show this weekend with Wisconsin, um, there's a good chance that we could uh, get him to lean towards the big red. Other than that, there's a few guys on the fence and off the fence. Cassidy Woods, the wide receiver. Um, There's four wide receivers coming in this weekend. Joshua Moore, Cameron – not Cameron Juergens – Cameron Brown, Tommy Bush. um, And then with Cassidy Woods coming in, it's not that he's not a great wide receiver. There's just so many guys that will be here this week. Um, It makes sense for them to push his visit out, which they've done. And then they've got Jalen Hall, the the five-star out of California, who's kind of looking to leave the West Coast, the Nebraska – Cornhaskers have a, a really good shot with him. Um, they recruited a couple of his teammates uh, in the years prior, and they all had great things to say about Nebraska. So not sure that he'll be here this weekend, but he's, he's going to come and he'll be here sometime soon.
0: Wow, that is an extensive list there. Thanks, John. Uh, all right, before we get into uh, the Wisconsin talk, uh, several things have happened this week. We need to address the injuries and effects on the depth chart. Uh, Tyler tell
1: us yeah
3: you know I mean Mikhail Wilbon didn't leave Illinois 100% uh, he sprained an ankle um, you know he was seen in a walking boot today at practice definitely concerning um, but I think most of the injury news coming out of Nebraska is pretty exciting um, you know you looked at Chris Jones back in practice today full pads Diaco says he looks good I don't know if that means we're going to see him Saturday I'm skeptical but you never know. Uh, Kalu's back in practice. Farniak is back in practice. Uh, you know, you you look at some of this depth at line, which is gonna be really crucial. I mean, we the injury news I think is very exciting for Lincoln. Newbies practicing this week at linebacker. We're gonna need anyone that could stop the run against Wisconsin. I mean, overall, I think you look at this team and they're getting healthy at the right time, but that running back position is concerning. Wilbon in a boot and Trey Bryant. The way Mike Riley played it, and he's played stuff pretty close to his chest this season as far as injuries go, um, a lot of questionables that have been out. um, But the way he worded that, I'm concerned if we see Trey Bryant again this season.
0: Derek, do you have any thoughts on the injury situation headed into Wisconsin?
2: Absolutely. You know, like like Tyler said, we seem to be getting healthy at the right time. And I would almost argue that Wisconsin seems to be coming with some injuries that aren't too good for them. You know, Troy, Troy Fumagalli sat out last week, and he's still questionable this week. If that guy doesn't play, that could hinder that offense quite a bit. They also have uh, Taiwan Deal, uh, run, rather, a running back that's questionable. Uh, kicker P.J. Rozowski, I'm going to say, I'm probably butchering his name, but he's also questionable. I don't know how much that affects the game. Uh, they have uh, defensive end Chickwee. Uh, I, I'm not even going to try and pronounce his last name.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: You're not going to pronounce Chickwee's last name? No, we'll just call him Chickwee. Uh, he's out for sure. Uh, wide re- they have a wide receiver, George Rushing. He's out for sure. And of course, they've already had their out the guys that are out for the season, but, I mean, you, you lose a guy like Jack Sitchy and uh, Zach Bond and Mason Stokey. All linebackers, you got to you got to think that their linebacking core has got to be a little thin at this point, right?
0: John, what kind of uh, impact are these injuries on both teams going to affect? How's that going to affect you,
1: this game? Th- these two, these two guys said it best. It's it's really Nebraska getting healthy as Wisconsin works through uh, kind of some of those early season injuries. Fumigali is day to day. He's the difference maker for Wisconsin. I think without him, Nebraska has a really good shot. Um, to keep them pretty locked up throughout the day. Left tackle Michael Dieter uh, also suffered an ankle injury, came out in the fourth quarter last week for Wisconsin. Uh, I think it's nothing much more than a sore ankle, but they've got uh, that, that's something to keep an eye on as the game goes on. So, uh, Nebraska, you couldn't ask for anything more right now. Um, with all the guys coming back from injury Chris Jones, Josh Kalu, Marcus Newby. Behind Marcus Newby, too, just to call out, Tyron Ferguson is back at practice as of today. Uh, He's been battling turf toe, so it's good to see him back. So they're going to need the linebackers this week more than ever. Um, It's important to see those guys back. Uh, I know Aaron Williams and uh, DeMorne Pearsonell were both in green no-contact jerseys yesterday and I think today as well. Um, So while the Huskers are are looking better, they've got some work to do as well. Um, Matt Farniok at the right tackle position. uh, He's practicing, but he's got a cast or a club. (laughs) On his hand, which means he can't hold anyone, according to Mike Riley. <laughs> um, David Knevel coming back as well. He said today um, at the right tackle position that he probably couldn't have given it a go last week, but it was good for him um, to sit and kind of rest it for another another week. So expect there to be some more depth on the offensive line. Cole Conrad is back as well. And as long as the wide receivers can stay healthy um, and they can balance the, the workload between Zigbo and Jalen Bradley, who's the uh, true freshman out of Omaha, uh, I think the Huskers will have a, a a better than average shot at pulling away the upset. Ooh, Tyler.
3: So I want your guys' opinion. So you know, the depth chart came out, and the depth chart for this season has been a little bit misleading. We saw uh, some oars earlier in the season that didn't play out, but Michael Decker took the number one spot at center. Um, I'm hoping that plays out, but you know, Neville and Farniak were still. You know, second and third on the depth chart. Do you think those two are going to take the spot this week? Or what do you guys see
1: happening? John, that's definitely a case of Mike Riley just being ultra (laughs) updaty with the depth chart. I mean, he he's been known for having the oars on there last season and the season before. And he's just been much more transparent this year. Um, I think Brendan Hymas is is the number one guy as of Monday just because he can play. Um, I don't think it's a, an, a long-term look at a depth chart, just really a dose of what you can expect to see. Um, the guys behind him, David Neville, he was the, the starter for a reason. Um, Hymas was the third guy and actually on the left tackle position. So I think this is just an honest and, approach, uh, an honest and upfront approach to looking at the depth chart because I don't know that Michael Decker is the number one guy. C- Coach Kavanaugh was dismissive about it today, wouldn't really say what was what. But you look at that position and you look at the right tackle position and the healthy guys are number one. The guys coming back from injuries are number two.
3: Right, I, hope Michael, I hope Michael Decker is number one because I think our line has looked a lot better, as you said earlier, with him at that spot at center. But we'll see.
0: Good. We'll see. But uh, let's get into Wisconsin. Uh, Derek, why does Wisconsin win this game?
2: You know... They're better coached. I hate saying that. I know everybody's gonna disagree <laughs> with me and throw me under the bus on this, but they are better coached. And and John, I'm I'm going to uh, steal something that you put on Twitter the other day, just to prove my point here. Nebraska's average recruiting class is rated 24.11 according to Rivals.com, while Wisconsin's has averaged 49.44 over the last nine years. So talent wise, we're better than this team. But they're better coached. They're more disciplined. They play fundamental football, and they don't screw around like Nebraska seems to.
0: Tyler, tell them why it's wrong.
3: Well, you know, Derek, you alluded to this earlier this, uh, in the podcast, but you know, Wisconsin's seasons had a little bit of holes in the cheese in the Badger state. Uh, you know, the, their opponents haven't been that good. Uh, they they went to BYU, who's one and four. for Atlantic's one and four. Northwestern is two and two and took Wisconsin to about the wire. Um, their their most impressive win, may be Utah State right now. Um, you know Wisconsin, you know they they've definitely they've played good football. and, and Derek, you're right, Wisconsin's a good team. I mean, I mean, they, they are the most probably dependable team right now in the big Ten over the last decade. They're good year in, year out, and there's no difference. They win by running the ball, they win with good defense. They got both of those this year. But I I think there is a little bit of a jury still out of what they have actually accomplished so far this season.
1: John? Just to add on to that, um, Derek, don't use my tweets against me, man. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I don't know that they're better coached. I don't think that's the right way to look at it. Um, This is year three. Um, There's only truly the 2016 and 2017 recruiting class that – fall under Mike Riley, he basically kept the 2015 class from uh, Bo Pelini's days intact um, for the most part. So talent-wise, I think Nebraska's got the horses to do it in the long run, but the key difference, I mean, you're going back to, geez, what, 1990 when Barry Alvarez was the coach at Wisconsin. They put in, really, a, I don't want to say a pro-style offense because that's not what it was, but it's, it's the offensive mentality of big guys developing them every single year and getting them to the point where they're at today, which really modeled Nebraska in the 90s. And I think they've just had that consistency from a leadership standpoint because if you know, Barry Alvarez is the athletic director at Wisconsin and even took over it, it was, and was the interim coach for a while in 2012 and 2014. So he has a direct hand in you know the guidance and the, the direction of that program. So I, I don't think it's a talent thing. I think in two years, if you ask this question, and Mike Riley's still around, I think the talent has been developed at Nebraska to do what they want to do. You've asked these guys, I mean, all these guys that are starting on the line, David Knevel, uh, Foster Farmer Gates, they're all Bo Pelini recruits. Um, they all go back to his recruiting classes, and you're asking them to execute, and it's year three, admittedly, but you're asking them to execute a pro-style offense versus the old RPO offense. So I just think its it's a case of them having... Um, the horses around for longer, in the stables longer, getting that stuff done, getting comfortable in that system and comfortable in that offense and defense. Whereas this is all brand new to Nebraska right now.
0: Excellent. Derek, why does Nebraska win this game?
2: Tyler kind of stole my stats here a little bit. But you know, everybody talks about how good Wisconsin is, but they really haven't played anybody. Tyler's right. The best team they may have played is. Utah State, they're the only ones with a winning record. Their opponent's record right now is 8-11 and 11 overall. That's not good. I, and The best defense they've probably faced is BYU, who's ranked 70th overall defensively. Northwestern is the best run defense that they've faced, and they're ranked 65th. Uh, scoring, none of these teams have scored a lot, even outside of Wisconsin the best scoring offense offense that they have was uh, uh, Florida Atlantic and Utah State, who are 69th in uh, in points per game. So they really haven't played anybody great. At least Nebraska can say we've played Oregon, who's ranked first in points per game (laughs) right now.
0: That's always true. Uh, Tyler, you agree, obviously.
3: No, I don't. I, I agree. I agree with everything jerson said. Wisconsin <laughs> hasn't played. Wisconsin hasn't played anyone. The, their their schedule is indefensible. You you can't look at that and say they've beaten anyone. But we just sat the first fifteen minutes of this podcast and said how impressive Nebraska's defense has been. And if you're going to talk about that, you got to say Wisconsin's defense has been equally impressive. They're fourth in total defense, eighth in scoring, fourth against the rush. I mean, this defense is dominant. So we we can sit here and say. Yeah, they haven't played one, and that's true, but they've been dominant doing something. Until the fourth quarter of that Northwestern game, they hadn't given up a second-half point all season. Um, Now, Wisconsin made a run at uh, Northwestern, made a run at that game, which puts a little bit of doubt in uh, some of my Badger friends' heads about how good this team is. But, I mean, they, they were up big in that fourth quarter, and Northwestern made a couple plays. I mean, this defense is dominant, and you know what? Their offense... Maybe as good as it's been in a while. Uh, You know, Hornibrook uh, has been efficient, to say the least, this season. Uh, Two-thirds of his passes have been completed. And Jonathan Taylor, I don't know where the hell Wisconsin keeps finding these running backs. Um, It probably doesn't hurt running against behind that line, but they're stacked. They have a good offense. I mean, this may be as good of a Wisconsin team as Nebraska has faced under a reign in the Big Ten,
0: well, John, you kind of tipped your hand a little bit earlier. You went, you're going with the Husker upset. So what are those uh, keys to the victory
1: that Nebraska needs to make sure happen? I must have a, a good poker face. Cause I don't remember tipping my hand. Um, you know, it's going to come down to <laughs> offense. Um, I think both the defenses are good. I think the offenses are also pretty much the same. Um, if, if you look at the total offensive stats, Wisconsin actually trumps Nebraska. They're ranked 35th, and Nebraska's 87th. But I think you can rack that up to who everyone has played and how much they've played. Uh, Nebraska has one more game under their belt compared to Wisconsin. Wisconsin, they put up 1,839 yards. Nebraska, 1925 in yards. Uh, 18 touchdowns for Nebraska, 19 for Wisconsin. So I think this game is going to come down to turnovers. Um, Wisconsin is known for jamming men at the line from a wide receiver perspective to give their front uh, front three and front seven time um, to go to work. They, they lead, as as Tyler said, they lead the Big Ten um, in total defense in, in a lot of those categories for a reason. So if Nebraska can get time, the guys can get off the line, I think the Huskers have a true shot. I think it's going to be a close one. I don't think it's going to be nearly the spread um, that, the, that the Vegas and other places have. Um, but I think... I hate to pick against the big red, but they're going to have to do quite a bit to uh, to come out on top. And if they do, um, the, it's going to be because they were able to get some big passing plays going here and there. Tyler,
3: you know Keith Williams. You mentioned the um, you know the pack Can you, he had a quote this week, and he said, "You know, uh, to, we're going to our wide receivers are going to have to match them physically, and we'll just see what happens." And, and that that that's not exactly what you want to hear. We'll see what happens. Uh, You know, I I think I think you look at this week and you look at a guy like Taiwan Lindsay. I think you look at the speed guys like Spielman, uh, DPE. They may have a little bit more success. um, Maybe athleticizing some of the defensive backs. But if Wisconsin can get their hands on our wide receivers, I'm concerned. You know, as you point out, they're they're physical and that that really jams up an offense and. You know, last week they had eight sacks against Northwestern. They put that pressure and they jammed that line of scrimmage. God, we we've seen what Tanner Lee can do when he starts throwing the ball. It goes the other way. And, and uh, that's what we can't see this week. So
0: All right. Uh we gotta move on. We gotta get into our score predictions. Or not score predictions, we gotta pick our games here. Derek, give us a quick rundown on this uh, where we stand so far.
2: Okay. Justin and you went six and0 last week hell of, a week. of course Tyler and I both went five and one pretty pretty good week we're, we're all sitting at 20 and 12 for the season now we're all tied up
0: good
3: this is my week let's get the lead
0: all right well uh, let's get into the picks this week we got a uh, first game on the List is Louisville at North Carolina State. Derek.
2: NC State. You know what? Ryan Finley has thrown 72% completion percentage for 1,403 yards, nine touchdowns, and zero interceptions. He's pretty good. I think NC State's going to do it.
1: Oh, John. I'm going with NC State. I think there's too much turmoil around the Louisville program right now um with all the uh the basketball stuff that came out over the last week here uh and all the you know pay for player stuff they lost their ad they're probably going to lose their head basketball coach i think it's a distraction for louisville and i think nc state's got a good offense just like derek said all right tyler
3: yeah you know NC you guys are right. nc state's a good team they've won four in a row since losing to uh south carolina the open the season and that was a very close game uh But the difference in this game is Lamar Jackson. In just one half last week, he threw for almost 250 yards and ran for over 100. He's the difference maker, and Louisville slightly, slightly beats NC State this weekend.
0: Yeah, I'm with you, Tyler. You know, granted, NC State has a more impressive win, but Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson. I think Louisville edges it out here. Uh, Next game, Washington State at Oregon. Derek?
2: You know, I would have picked Oregon had... Justin Herbert and I've been lost for the season. But since he was lost for the season, i got to go with Washington State.
1: John? Man, I'm going with Washington State. Uh, they uh, they took USC to the house last week. They looked fast in all facets of the game. Um, kind of something I'd love to see Nebraska be. So I'm going with Washington State.
3: Tyler? Derek, that was the second most brilliant thing you said this week. Uh, you know, it, it, it was uh, – <laughs> It, you know you're right. The the key of the game is Oregon's out there quarterback, and while Washington State just held uh, Sam Darnold to 164 yards in an interception, who might be the number one quarterback, they're not going to Oregon with a backup quarterback's not win this game. I got Washington State. Sam I got Darnold, Washington most State. overranked quarterback in the country. He very well may be. He has played almost as bad as Tanner Lee has.
0: Hey, I got Washington State as well in this game, Uh, even though it's kind of easy to pick against them as uh, their fans and their students storm in the field, and they just don't know how to win. They're pricks. Uh, Moving on, West Virginia at TCU.
2: Derek? TCU all the way. West Virginia has given up 226 yards per game rushing, and TCU runs the ball well. I think they're going to run the ball all over West Virginia, and I think they're going to smoke them.
1: John, TCU, go
3: Horn Frogs. Tyler, TCU has converted sixty three percent on third down. They are pacing to have the best third down conversion since third down conversion has been tracked. I picked against them last time John was on this show. I won't do it again. Horn Frogs win the game.
0: You're a big fan of TCU in the beginning of the season too. Yeah, I,
1: I got. TCU I just like that he it. has stats and reasonings behind it. I'm just like, I just like this little hand thing they do. They do the frogs <laughs> <at> the College <laughs> Series.
0: All right, Michigan State at Michigan, Derek.
2: Michigan, their defense too good, and I think they found something with John with uh, Okorn in. He seems to be yeah. better than Spate. I think Michigan wins this
1: game.
0: John,
2: who
1: isn't better than Spate. Michigan, but more more so because I got to watch Harbaugh do a can opener into a pool this week. Oh, nice. Tyler.
3: So last week, Michigan State held Iowa Hawkeyes to 21 yards rushing. The joy in my heart for them treating the Iowa running game like gum on the bottom of your shoe is beyond belief to me. Uh, Michigan State has impressed me this year, especially since they kicked Iowa's ass. Let's not forget about that. But they don't beat Michigan and Ann Arbor, especially after bye week. And John Harbour is too good of a coach, and that defense is too good. I don't even think this is a close game.
0: I agree. I got Michigan big in this game. All right, here we go. Our future head coach, Central Florida at Cincinnati, Derek. The Central Florida Frosties
2: come out big on this one.
1: <laughs> John. Man, if I hear one more thing about Frost being our next head coach. Hey, uh, you know, UCF, the last five years, I think they've had uh, a nine win season every year, except last year uh, when they were six and seven under Frost in his first year. So I'm going to go Cincinnati. I think the Bearcats get it done. I don't think this team is as great um, as the Husker Nation believes it is.
3: Uh, you, you know, UCF has had a lot of success, as you pointed, John. I, I don't think that's that's right. I think they had an 0-12 season the year before Frost. But you're right. I think they, they won the Fiesta Bowl before that, which is more than we had done uh, as the Huskers. But UCF's defense is 7th in Asian scoring. Cincinnati just lost to Marshall. UCF is going to win this game.
0: Yeah, I got UCF also, and I just gotta put it out there. That was all in jest because all you're hearing is from fans and people in the media, even national media, they're already declaring Scott Frost as the next head coach in Nebraska. Well
1: listen, go read the story from on Husker Hype from Friday, and you'll see we don't agree. We think Riley needs the time to do what he needs to do. Exactly. All right, here's the big enchilada. Wisconsin at Nebraska. Derek,
0: what's your score?
2: Oh, Nebraska edges out Wisconsin 2017. Mike Riley finally figures out a way to hold on to a game at the end. Hopefully. I'm not convinced, but I'm predicting it
0: anyway. <laughs> that
1: surprises me, Derek. John. Yeah, me too. If Fumigali's out, I got the Huskers winning 27-24. to Fumigali's in. I think Wisconsin takes it. Keller.
3: You know, my my heart tells me in the spotlight in prime time, Nebraska hasn't lost a Memorial Stadium since two thousand and eight. We win this game. Um, but my mind is saying Wisconsin's too good right now. I think if Nebraska's gonna win this game, we gotta hold them under twenty points. I don't know if our defense is that good. I got Wisconsin winning twenty seven to twenty.
1: I think that's a good point. Not only has has it been that long, but they're forty four and five when under the lights. Well, there's also supposed to be a blackout in Memorial
0: Stadium this week that's putting on. I don't know how much traction it's going to gain, but they're definitely trying to go for it. Uh, I think that Nebraska comes out in this game. I think Tanner Lee, he comes out. He's going to build off that Illinois game. And uh, Mike Riley and staff, Tanner Lee and the whole team, they're going to pull off the upset against number 9 Wisconsin, 27-24 Huskers.
3: Nobody God, it. I hope you guys. Are right. I, I want I all I want next week is to hear Derek and Justin say, "God, Tyler, you're a dumbass for picking against Nebraska." That is what I want for Christmas, right there, because this is the biggest game of the year. I believe, you know, John, you went through the recruiting. This is a huge game, and if we win this game, we have a real shot to win the West. Yeah, true, Derek. Hey, Justin, wait, wait,
2: wait to steal uh, John's prediction there. By the way. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Hey you shouldn't have um, let me go second <laughs>
0: <laughs> I had it written down. You know, can't take it back. Yeah. I made hey, mine I up on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, do you guys got any final thoughts on this big game this week?
1: Going once, go going Huskers. twice. No. Go Huskers. Oh, John. Yeah, you know what? I think it's a big game. You got the uh, the uh, the ninety seven team coming back. If you haven't seen social media today, make sure you check it out. Uh, They're doing some cool stuff around the stadium. Um, Shout out to uh, Ben Steely as well. Freshman Big Ten Player of the Week. That's huge for him. I think he goes a long way. He's one of Riley's first recruits, by the way. And he's a homegrown Nebraska boy out of the Ashland Greenland area. Um, And one other shout out. How's your women's volleyball? Way to rock this week. Was it uh, three top ten teams uh, in the last ten days that they've beat? And they've got uh, another top 25 team uh, a game coming up this weekend. So, ladies, keep it strong. Keep it going.
0: Yeah, just to add, you know, in the past week and a half, they shot out number two Penn State, number six Minnesota, and they rallied down two sets to beat uh, number seven Wisconsin in five. So they're number four in the nation. John Cook, that's a coach that knows how to get a team fired up to play. So uh, good for them. So uh, that's going to do it for us tonight. Thank you, John and uh, HuskerHype.com. If you're not following them, follow John Swedlin at John Swedlin on Twitter. And uh, so also be sure to like the Husker CuzCast on Facebook and follow us at Twitter at at Husker Cuscast. You can catch all of our episodes on Podbean and on iTunes. And on behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank John for joining us. And we want to thank everybody for listening. We'll be back next Tuesday to recap the Wisconsin game and get ready for the Ohio State game. And as always, Go Big Red.
2: Don't forget to catch us on Husker Hype.
0: (laughs) Go Big Red!
3: Say bye-bye, so long, see you later, take it easy, be cool, hang loose.